Welcome to The Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. I am your host and chief shut-upper of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Shum. Now, on to today's episode. And we are back. We are back, folks, for another awesome edition of the Shut Up Show. And I'm joined by an amazing guest today who is all the way across the globe um, under missile attack, <laughs> and she decided to still join me this week. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to bring to you today a dear new friend of mine, Julie Sharon Osher. Thanks for being here, girl. Hey, thank you for having me, and it's actually a lot nicer to be on your show than, you know, to stock on water and reload all our batteries and stuff, so I'd rather do that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's so interesting how much we here in America take for granted, you know, all these first world problems we have. And and don't get me wrong, I, knew, I do know there are a lot of people in America who do suffer, you know, real uh, dire circumstances. But, you know, for me to be sending you a message to say, hey, girl, I finally want to get you on the show, let's do it, and not really paying attention to what's going on in your part of the world, you know, I, I want to just tell you here formally, I apologize again for not being fully aware of that. I try to avoid the news, but I know sometimes news is important to follow. But on 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 the other hand, again, it just humbles me to see how well we have it here in America. And to all of my friends all across the globe who aren't here in America, holy crap, there are so many bigger problems in the world than the things that we freak out about today. So uh, the conversation I really want to have with you today, Julie, is something that you are very well versed in. And we're going to talk a lot about how to be more optimal with our time, how to be more productive, how to stop stressing about the things that really aren't the issue and to really hone in on the things that truly are. And I believe it's how we best utilize our time and our energy to do the things that really matter to us. So with that, let's have you kick it off. Tell us a little bit more about you and how you came to, to do the work that you do, Julie. Well, um, it all started when I was serving the Israeli army. I was a captain for seven years, and uh, this is not a standard service. Obviously, I signed more. I was on a contract, and I, um, I was very good, apparently, and I got two jobs instead of one, which I found to be very exciting because I enjoyed doing what I was doing so, so much. The problem was that I had to work for 16 to 18 hours every single day just, you know, to keep my head above the water. Like, I was just putting away fires. I wasn't progressing with my projects the way I wanted it to. And the worst part was that I became a commander because I wanted to command people because I wanted to be a part of their lives and I had at several points in my career anywhere between 7 and 20 subordinates and I was just feeling that I'm not dedicating the right amount of attention to them. But I really didn't know what to do so I turned to the only thing that I know how to do well and it's learning. So I started reading books about time management and I started taking online courses and, and asking um, 
my superiors and my friends what to do next and I got some really good advice but I just noticed that I always kept falling back to my old habits no matter what I did like it was super good for a month and then all hell broke loose and I just could not escape this circle so I finally decided that the problem was in me that I'm just a procrastinator that I just cannot do things in and meet deadlines and I just stopped trying I just decided that this is my life and this is what I know how to do and this is what I'm gonna do but then I broke my back and by broke my back I mean that I was heading home after grocery shopping all I bought was a, a carton of milk and half a watermelon not a large one just a little one and I was living back there on the third floor of a, of a building so before I started the, the ascend I put down my bags, took a deep breath, lifted them up, and I just stayed in the same position without the ability to straight myself up. And I stayed in this position for a week <laughs> because it took some time apparently to bring my spine back into its right place. So I was, I was very lucky to be treated by an amazing doctor who um, reviewed my case and told me that girl I know that you're working a lot of hours I see your uniform I see that you're a captain but you really have to downsize it to four hours a day well obviously I did not believe that he was actually meaning four hours a day because you know I mean who works four hours a day no one so I decided that he's just it's his way of being a little bit drama queen and telling me work less so I started working nine hours after I came back after a month and a half of rehabilitation to my spine and what happened was that after two months of working nine hours a day which for me was half the shift I broke another part of my back so I by the age of 25 I had three herniated discs I came back to the same doctor and he said probably the most horrible thing that someone had ever told me well there is something more horrible I'll get to that he looked at me and he said look I don't know if you understand Hebrew but I'm gonna say it as plain and simple as I can if you don't start working four hours a day today you will reach the age of 30 in a wheelchair and I didn't know how to go on because as I said I've already tried time management I kept falling back to my old habits I just didn't know how to do it so I came back home to my boyfriend to Moran and I was crying telling him what the doctor said and he and he said the worst thing in the world he just looked at me and he said Jules if tomorrow you get hit by a bus and die will the Israeli army be able to go on yes will your subordinates be able to go on aside from being very sad for your loss I suppose so then why the F do you care if you give nine hours or four it's your health and you have only one of it and ever since then what I started to do was hacking time I started noticing every single thing that I was doing I accepted myself the way I am and I started to see what fits me so for instance I'm the type of person that gets really stressed out if I don't know what's going on in my inbox I cannot concentrate unless I know what's inside this little baby so I check my inbox like five times in an hour but I don't handle it I found out that only knowing what's in there is enough and I don't waste time on handling it so little teeny tiny hacks like this brought me actually in two years of working four hours tops a day into the state where I got promoted thrice 
And just to make it clear, when I broke my back, I could not resign. I couldn't end up my contract because it was an army contract and ending it would have taken two years, which was exactly the time that I was had left on my contract, ironically enough. And my bosses basically told me, we like you here, so stay and do everything you can in four hours. Just, you know, make sure that everything is done, basically. And by the end of those two years, and they, they obviously told me that I will never get promoted because no one promotes someone who works four hours a day and blah, blah, blah. I got promoted three times. I got awarded for best leader, best officer of our department. I got to teach and tutor other officers to get to hack their time because it's very unique for each and every one of us. And once I reached the end of my contract, the army actually begged me to stay. Their literal words were, we have no idea how you do what you do in the time that you do it, but we want you here with us, even if it means that you're working one hour a day. Um, however, I decided that I can do more exciting and better things outside, so I decided to leave the army and not to extend my contract. And today, I'm a time strategist, and what I do is the exact same thing, just with entrepreneurs. That is a crazy story. Now, now I kind of knew a little bit of, about the background, but I didn't realize how severe it was. I mean, you literally broke your back. <laughs> you know, you hear you hear people talking about like I carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. You know, or you might break your back if you work too hard, and you literally <laughs> physically hurt yourself in the process of not taking care of yourself because for whatever reason you believed that the work you needed to do needed to get done, even if it meant hurting yourself. <clears throat> so before we jump into the to the solutions, because I know everybody wants to dive right into the, okay, well, how do you do this, Julie? Teach us how to be better at hacking our time, right? But let's, let's go back a little bit and let's talk a little bit more about how we got there. Because I think what happens is so many of us, if not every single one of us, 100%, we fall into this trap of not spending our time wisely or we work too hard or like we, we get confused with working hard versus working smart, if you will, right? And <clears throat> let's first kind of dissect what was the problem? What were you doing wrong, if there's you know one or three things you can think of, that led you to that point, Julie, where you end up physically hurting yourself? Can you pinpoint what was going on and what caused you to have those physical ailments? Definitely. Well, the, the actual physical illness had a lot to do with the, with the fact that I was maltreated by the army's physicians because when you're in the army and if you need to get some tests made that cost money and you and you don't have the proper equipment within the army, they need to pay the state to do that for you and it costs a lot of money. So they drag you through this bureaucracy long process and I was in this process nine months before I broke my back so we knew that there was something wrong with my back we just didn't know what it was and then boom it snapped um, but I did a lot of things wrong before I did it the first and I think it's the most important thing this is something that I still work on every single day and it's as I said accepting yourself and I don't mean it in a foo-foo kind of way hippies love flowers hug trees no you are who you are. We're all adults. We're all grown-ups. We're not going to change that much. Especially, we're not going to change our routines. If you have a family and kids and you need to take them to school 
in the morning, you will do this every single day, unless you have a nanny. If you are the type of person that doesn't eat breakfast, don't force yourself eating breakfast. It doesn't mean the fact that it's working for someone else doesn't mean that it will work for you. And people often, every single person that I work with, when I ask them what's not working, they say, I'm a procrastinator. I just can't do it. I'm so awful at prioritizing, planning, following through. It's not that you're bad at it, it's just that you're trying to follow the steps of other people and you and them are not operating in the same way. Time management is for everyone, but you need to do it in your way, in a way that works for you. This, a system, any kind of system, needs to adapt itself to your routines and work into your existing schedule. You don't need to change to fit a method. The method needs to fit you. And this is something that I did not understand for many years. I kept trying to adopt things that worked for the, the girl that was before me in on the job. And I tried to listen to my subor superiors, subordinates, friends, whoever that was willing to give me advice. And I never stopped to ask, is it something that works for me? Is it something that I can see myself do? day after day after day to the rest of my life. It's like diet versus a lifestyle. You can't hold up a diet for a long period of time. It's a sprint, it's not a marathon. So this is the first and most important thing that I did wrong. The second thing was that I am a control freak. I need to do everything my uh, by myself I need, and if someone else is doing it I need to oversee it. I need to make sure that all the details are correct because I believe that God is in the details and I by that not only did I not leave myself any time for anything else except for supervising I never allowed my subordinates to grow and to live up to their highest potential and I didn't realize that just until I absolutely had no choice and this is something else that I wanted to say that the fact that I actually literally broke my back twice, not once, twice, is just a symbol of how hard it was for me to accept myself, of how hard it was for me to see the light, if you will. And you don't, no one has to wait that long. No one has to wait till you break your back or till something horrible happens or till you, till you go bankrupt or till you ju are just so exhausted that you wake up in the morning and you hit the snooze button and just hide away under your bed, under the blankets in your bed. No one needs to reach that. If you're feeling that you're reaching that breaking point, stop. Just stop. Ask for help ask for advice, but don't continue pushing through. We often believe that if we just push through this hardship, then we'll make it. And then what? Right. So you first talked about how you were following a method or a routine that didn't suit you. And then you also talked about how your need for, you know, being meticulous and a perfectionist didn't allow you to accept help when you needed it. And I think there's kind of a third little thing in there, too. Um, and you just said it right there, which is a perfect segue, because I was going to ask you this, if you believe this to be true. 
do, do you believe that that there's this ideology we have where if there's no pain there's no gain like I know I've heard that saying before and people who work out or people who you know go on um, you know shows like American Ninja Warrior I don't know if you guys watch that but you know we, we, I, I hear people talk about like oh yeah I've been training so hard for this and I can't wait to win it I broke both ankles and I've got bruises all over you know and I'm like Okay, are, are we supposed to like you know uh, you know congratulate you for the pain? So so, what's your take on that whole that whole no pain no gain? Is do you think that's a big part of it as well, and why we end up allowing ourselves to get to that place of pain before we finally realize we need to scale back and slow down? I think that we were brought up, most of us, um, by parents, grandparents, neighbors, and the entire environment that taught taught us that we need to work hard to get what we want but I think the definition of hard is a little bit quirky because it's like when I was working four hours a day I was working hard I was working my tail off I had a very strict schedule I trained think about it I trained all my subordinates even my bosses to know that when I have a headset on when I have my ear uh, earphones in my ears they do not talk to me unless someone is literally dying I need to teach them, I need to train them, I need to show them things. I was working really hard, but I was doing it in four hours, and everyone else that were looking from the outside in said, oh my god, she's putting in next to no effort at all, and she's winning all those prizes, and she's being awarded, and she's being promoted. So I think the most important thing is work, as you said, working smart and not necessarily hard and remember that fairy I believe in magic I believe in fairy tales I stated every step of the way I am a fan of superheroes and X-Men and, and Harry Potter I and games of Thrones. I love it I love it because I believe that actual magic happens actual magic exists and it's up to us to believe in it and make it happen in our lives and yes there are some periods of time when you need to buckle up when some days you need us Yesterday, I was working 18 hours, but today I'm going to be working too. So it's a matter of give and take, and it's a matter of what you're willing to give. Never, ever give more than what you're willing to. Not in your energies, not in your time, not in your money, not in your love, not in anything. Always know your limit. And I think knowing your limit and really making it about you and not about someone else is the key here so maybe this guy who broke two ankles maybe he is willing to do this sacrifice I would never do that ever <laughs> like seriously no way but maybe for him this is the right way and it's okay but it doesn't mean that I'm slacking off if I'm not willing to put this through look at Tim Ferriss Tim is the king of hacking himself over and over and over again People say, oh my god, he does like three push-ups and he doesn't eat carbs, but he eats all those other things and he loses weight and gains muscles. Um, have you ever tried to do what he's doing? That's damn hard. I tried it for three months. I was almost crying. I was <laughs> really close to bursting into tears. Seriously. That if you want to spend two hours doing P90X, thumbs up for you. Which I did mean. do that, which I actually did do that in 2011, and I got, oh God, I don't remember what my body percent, uh, fat percentage was, but I was leaner than I'd ever been before, but you're right, I did it for three months, and I wanted to die, like I looked <laughs> great, but I felt like 
I was hungry all the time, you know, and I was <laughs> tired all the time because I had worked my butt off so much. So I totally get what you're saying. And I love that we're kind of reiterating the point of it may work for somebody else and that's totally cool. Let's not judge them, you know, but it doesn't necessarily work for us and we can try it out but forgive ourselves if it doesn't work for us and let's find a system that does. And yeah. you said an awesome word. You said magic. I love, I love I agree with you. Like, I may not be able to understand magic, but I'm totally with you that there are so many magical things that do happen, and we need to embrace that. So with that, let's jump into the magic. Let's talk a little bit more about how you do hack time, because I know that this is the beef of the conversation. People are running into issues every day with, I don't have enough time for my family. I don't have enough time to run my business. I don't have enough time to start a business while I'm working. I don't have enough time for anything, but there's so much that I want to do. I hear people say this all the time. I'm guilty of it myself so lend us some magic Julie um, what are kind of take us through this how do we start hacking our time and please let's do this in bite-sized chunks because I know this is a massive question that I'm asking you well bite-sized chunks is the magic word because this is my favorite thing um, so I want to talk about my latest I, I was talking about in my latest two episodes over the time hackers podcast and I think it really fits in here. So the first thing I want people to do is to stop saying the word busy. Just eliminate it from your vocabulary. You know why? Because when you keep saying a word out of habit, you get into the circle when suddenly it becomes true. So if you say, oh I'm so tired, oh I'm so tired, oh I'm so tired, and you get used to saying, oh I'm so tired at 9am, if someone would really approach you and say, really? Are you that tired? And you would actually get snapped out of this and you would think, perhaps, and most likely, you would notice that, no, I'm not tired. But when you say that, you get your mindset, you get your brain, you get your body into the state of tiredness, even if you weren't. It's kind of the twisted sister of fake it till you make it. So, stop saying you're busy. Busy, A, Many people say that they're busy because it makes them feel important. I'm busy. I don't have time on my schedule. I'm so important. I'm such a big man. Nobody cares. Seriously. Nobody ever cares. I'm working on the Hero Edition, another podcast where I'll be interviewing awesome people among yourself among them. And you know what? If people who earn a million dollars in every two months can spare me 30 minutes of their time within a week of my of my approach I think we can all spare some time for important things so no one is that busy okay so stop saying that that's one to I think real quick real quick to, to kind of round out that first one if somebody is caught up in using that word what other words can they use to replace that statement I'm fulfilled by doing things that enrich me I uh, my time is packed with uh, activities that make me and my business grow. Think positive, not negative. Love it. Be because every si the thing to understand is every single thing that you have on your schedule is your choice. You can delete it, you can postpone it, you can move it over to someone else in a heartbeat. So if it's there, it means that you chose it to be there. So it means that you really love it, right? It means that you enjoy it. It means that it's important to you. Don't use bad words like busy. Use great words like fulfilled, happy, satisfied, accomplished. Accomplished is a good one. 
Um, another thing that is, I think, very important, think about how we uh, see time. So we often talk about time as um, sand through the hourglass, a machine that never stops. Uh, water down the river, and I don't know how about you all, but I am some I sometimes get really claustrophobic and OCD when I hear those words because it makes me feel that if I'll try to grasp time, it will just run between my fingers, and I cannot rule something that I can't catch. It's like chasing ghosts. So for me, whenever one of the most important parts was to understand how time works and it's very very easy and I'm gonna lay it down really simple right now time is exactly like packing a suitcase every single day is a suitcase every single day you go on a trip and in your suitcase you need to pack all the things that you need for that trip so if you're going to Alaska don't be packing bathing suits you're not gonna be needing that leave room for coats for gloves for extra socks, for all the things that you will be needing. So the first thing when you think about is that exactly like when you're going on a trip and you pack your suitcase a little bit earlier before you reach the airport, same thing with time. Spend a tiny amount of time and I suggest it to be less than 10 minutes once a day to plan what you're gonna pack. Have it laid out in front of you. So some people when they pack a suitcase like Maron, for instance, he opens the suitcase and then he starts running around the house finding things. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need shoes. Oh, I need that too. And then he would go and do some work and then in the middle of work he will remember, oh my god, oh my god, I need to pack something else. And he will run to the other room, grab it and throw it into the suitcase. But guess what? Because he was packing all the previous things, he doesn't have any more room for that. And this is very important. So either he'll decide to leave it and will go without it and obviously it's not optimal because obviously he needs it or he will spend the same time all over again taking everything out and starting packing it back in and it drives me nuts it drives me nuts he does it every single time we go on a trip it drives me nuts how I pack my suitcase <laughs> is a bit different I lay my suitcase and around it in categories I lay all the things that I think that I need to pack and then First, I pack the things that are absolutely necessary. So, with time management, for instance, it can be if I have meetings. So, for instance, today, our hangout was one of the necessities. I knew that I need to have time for this. I also knew that I needed to have at least 20 minutes to put my face on because I do not look like this when I wake up in the morning. So, this was a necessity. Are you sure about that? <laughs> oh, I would share... I would share a photo, but I really don't want to scare people off, so <laughs> just trust me. <laughs> just trust me that this does not happen on its own. And so these are the necessities. I also need to eat. I need to sleep. I need to, do, to walk my dog. I need to finish a project that goes live tomorrow. These are my necessities. So the first thing that I do is pack them into the suitcase. And only then, when I know how much space I have left in my time suitcase, I can start padding it with everything else. Now, just like with a suitcase, sometimes there are things that you can pack in someone else's suitcase. For instance, if I have too many toiletries, I can pack it in Maron's uh, suitcase. In time management, it's called delegating. So you can, instead of wasting your suitcase space, spend someone else's. 
If so, also when you pack, for instance, shoes and you need socks, extra socks, so you will roll them up and put them inside the shoe because the shoe takes up the same amount of space, and this way the sock will both keep its um, shape and it doesn't take more space because the shoe already takes up the space. So, for me, it's listening to podcasts while I walk my dog. It's making phone calls while I'm commuting. It's taking care of little sock tasks while I'm doing the shoe task. So this is also something that I take care of. So when you look at it this way, it's pretty easy because we all know how to pack a suitcase. So just do the same thing with your time. Some people do it once a day. Others do it once a week for the entire week ahead. That's perfectly fine, but just do it. Find the time to pack it. Otherwise, you'll be cut without clean underwear because someone lost your suitcase. <laughs> oh, all I have to say is, holy crap, I've never, ever heard anybody explain to me being productive and hacking your time as packing a suitcase. I mean, that is probably the most brilliant thing I've ever heard in terms <laughs> of, like, vi visual cues and, like, analogies. That that makes so much sense. Like, because I'm already sitting here picturing what are all of the different things that are necessities in my suitcase and what are all the things, like you, that I can do, like the sock stuff. And I'm the same as you. I, I listen to podcasts when I'm walking the dogs. And just, just to digress real quick, I was telling my sister the other day how I was extremely fatigued and I was sleepy. And I couldn't figure it out. And as I was thinking about all the different things that I've been doing differently the past week, I have not been walking the dogs as much as I used to. And when I do, it's just a quick go outside to the bathroom and come back in because we've moved. And so it's not we, – we don't have the same walking schedule as we used to. But like you, I used to walk the dogs and listen to my podcast for about 30 minutes while I'm walking the dogs. And now the walks are like 10 minutes or so. I haven't been listening to my podcast and as a result of not listening to my podcast, I haven't been as inspired and energetic. And as a result of not being as inspired and energetic, I have been more tired and fatigued and sleepy. Now, this is not the only reason why, but when I pinpointed that, I'm like, holy crap, I need to schedule those walks again with the dogs because that's my sock time. So thank you for this awesome reminder and a wonderful way of being able to package it every single day. This is way more easy. This is way more bite-sized than somebody saying, here's a Franklin Covey planner and here are all the different tabs that you need to color code and mark, you know, because I used to do that, by the way. And, I, and I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. How do you, how do you digest that? That's, that's even more work to create a process to help you work less, right? <laughs> so I love it. I love it. And and just real quick before we go back to you, thank you and sorry, Moran Baradcat. That's who we've been talking about this whole time. Uh, that's, you know, Julie's other awesome half who you guys have seen here on, on uh, the show. He's the host of Inspiring Innovation Podcast. But, you know, poor Moran, he's like, Completely opposite of you, but I think the really cool thing is you guys probably balance each other out because you are so different. So I'm sure there's a lot you can learn about being spontaneous from him, and I'm sure there's a lot he can learn about being more proactive and planning ahead because of you. So one follow-up question to that before we move to the magic question of, of the hour. Um, Let's pick on Moran again. So so you said at the beginning of our conversation that you've got to do what works for you, and if somebody else's process isn't working, then you can't force that upon you. So if we pick on Moran again, and he just doesn't work this way you do, how do you help someone like that navigate through this advice that you're trying to give them about time hacking 
in a way that it can work for him. Well, that's actually very simple. Going back to the example of how we pack the actual suitcase when we go somewhere. So um, let's say that we're, we usually pack one suitcase for the both of, both of us. So we need to find a system that works for both. So I just can't tell him, you do whatever you want with yours. I'm going to do whatever I want with mine. And you know. Um, so what I found to be correct, so first I asked him, why does he pack the way he pack? And his answer was, well, I don't know. I just... I just wing it, wing it. Like I remember things. So the first thing that I asked him, do you are you a fan of lists? Do you like making lists? Because some people are and some people are not. And he said, yeah, I love lists. So I, I created. We we have this amazing app called Clear. It's so easy to create lists with it. Like this is my favorite one. And we both have on our phones and we have a list that's called to pack. And about a week before we need to leave, we start filling it up. So every time that he remembers something, instead of running to the suitcase and putting it in, he puts it in the list. And then when we decide that this is now the time to pack, we all just, everyone, every single one of us goes and brings the stuff on the list and puts it on the bed. And he is a much better quick packer than I am, for instance. He knows the streaks, how to roll things and, and do things. I don't know how to do it, so obviously he's the best one to do it. And what I do, we put everything there, and I can see what he starts to pack first, and I ask him through the pro I walk him through the process, and he explains to me, and then I find little things that he can change just a little bit. So if the first thing that he wants to pack is clothes, and he is jeans because they take up the most space. So I ask him, okay, so let's do all the clothes. But before we pack the clothes, let's put in all the necessities because you will be needing your toiletries. So we pack them, and then between them, he does his thing. So the main thing I think that's the, the easiest when you're helping someone find their way is by the mere fact that you're an outsider looking in. I had an amazing moment of epiphany. I am the time hacking coach of Kamal Ravikant, the author of Love Yourself as If Your Life Depends on It. And we were talking. And Kamal obviously is an amazing entrepreneur. He's so successful and he knows how to delegate. Like, I don't need to teach him to delegate. And we were talking and I was asking him, well, what's up this week? And his answer was, I can't get anything done on time. I'm just all over the place. I'm like, okay, what's the thing that you want to get done? and you weren't able. And his answer was, well, I need to prepare a deck for my business because someone asked it and it's important. And it will take me, if I sit down, an hour and a half and I've been procrastinating it for the past month. And the immediate question of someone who's standing from the outside looking in was, well, do you have to prepare the actual deck? Can't you just tell someone else what needs to be in the freaking deck and they can prepare it? And he was sitting there blinking to the webcam saying, um, no, I don't need to prepare it. And the next day it was done. Sometimes the things, we just don't think about it. That's all. Because we're so used to doing certain things. So the same thing with Miran. And Miran and I, we have a, a, a trade coin in the house. So I am his time hacking coach and he's my business coach. So we... <laughs> We, we, we trade each other. Well, what I love about this conversation um, is in so many words what you're saying is it's so important to have accountability. 
I mean, it really is. I mean, we not, we may not be calling it an accountability partner, but that's what it really is. Somebody who cares enough to ask you where you're at on your project. Somebody who cares enough to to be an outside perspective looking in, right? Because they're not close to that thing that you're working on. You know, back to the Kamal story. Kamal probably could have figured out the answer, but he's just so close to his project that it's like this to him. And you, you're you so far removed from the project that you were able to help him see past his nose to go, oh yeah, I can, you know, contract out that, or I can delegate that to somebody else. I don't have to be the one to create that thing. And it's not about not being smart enough to realize it, it's about we're too close to it, we're too attached to it, and we need exactly. an accountability partner to help us to, to, to be detached from our things so that they can help us to work through it and be so good at it and be more optimal. Um, I know that one of my biggest fears, Julie, is that um, I'm, and this is the first time I'm ever saying it here publicly for anybody to hear. I'm always afraid that I'm going to run out of time before I finally reach the success that I want to have in life. Whatever success means and wherever success is and whatever it looks like, I always feel like I'm, I'm going to run out of time. And so that's why I work my butt off every single day to make things happen so that I can realize those, those you know, goals and big dreams much sooner but every time I get to a milestone there's another huge goal after that milestone <laughs> so one of the big questions I have to ask you it's kind of the magic question of the hour is what freaks the crap out of you like what what fuels you with if we want to call it fear mm -hmm. that makes you continue to do the work that you do and that has you continuing to do the work the way that you do it to get to the other side of whatever that fear is what is that well, uh, I have a, we, for anyone who doesn't know, we live in Israel and we live by Lake Galilee and we have a valley here. And what happens is that all the humidity and heat, we have about 46 degrees Celsius outside right now, so it gets pretty hot around here and pretty humid. And I have a friend who started running because she wants to improve her lung capacity. And she said the funniest thing. She said, you know, as long as you keep running, it's fine because there's the wind in your face. But once you stop, suddenly all the heat and humidity hits you right in the, in the face. And I think for me it's the same thing. I started this entrepreneurial journey. Actually, Miron talked me into this because I was a born and raised corporate all the way. And through a very long process, I suddenly saw that the things that I really want for myself cannot be found within the corporate and I need to build them for myself as an entrepreneur. And all this journey, I just keep going forward just because I know that if I stop, I will suddenly realize how terrifying it is to be absolutely on your own and to realize that, oh my God, I don't have a boss who pays me a paycheck every first of the month. Oh my God, I don't have colleagues that I can call in sick. I don't have sick days, I don't have vacations, I don't have, like, I need to carve those out of my year of work for myself. And I think that as long as you just keep on keeping on, it's my way of avoiding the fear. I love it. I don't know if you remember the quote that Moran said. I, I quoted it in my book and I forgot how it went, but when he was on the show, he said something along the lines of, when you have a plan, there's no room for doubt. 
I feel like he got that from you. <laughs> Actually, uh, the, the actual quote is not from me at all, but uh, we had an interesting conversation when he was launching the Podcast Incubator, which is his course to teaching people how to podcast, and he did a tremendous amount of work. Like He got like 72 videos, checklists, summaries, everything in like three weeks, which is absolutely crazy. And we were sitting, and, and uh, obviously I helped him with the time management, and he was saying, oh my god, what if uh, people don't like it? What if the, the way I make videos is, won't be good? What if they don't like the checklist? What if, what if, what if? And I just looked at him, I was so tired. Like <laughs> I was halfway to sleep, and I was Maron, you have freaking out scheduled for another three weeks. You don't have time for this right now. Like I promise you, once you're done with the schedule in three weeks' time, we have like full two days of freaking out. And we did. Like he finished it, he launched it, he sent it, and then we had like 48 hours of freaking out. <laughs> because even freaking out needs to be a part of your planning. If you know that you freak out, that's fine. Leave room for it. It's okay. That is so funny, and I love it, and it's so absolutely true. I mean, back to what you were talking about to kind of bring the conversation full circle. You know, I've always been a procrastinator too. You know, we talked about that at the beginning, and there came a point in my life where I finally realized I just need to accept the fact that I do procrastinate and I recently told somebody in my network who's been trying to coach me through to finish my book because I'm a little bit behind schedule I just kept saying you know what I just really work so well under pressure I'm not gonna make excuses for it even though it sounds like I'm making excuses for it but that's how I'm built that's who I am and I'm going to leave room to allow myself to bitch and complain about it and procrastinate, but I'm gonna get the shit done. But I'm not going. I'm, I will not apologize for the fact that I know how I'm built and I know the way I do things. And so, thank you again for that reminder. I think it's so important for us to realize it's okay to be who we are and it's okay to do things the way we do, and it's okay for us to even plan and make room to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's the so, only way to do it. Right, right. So with that, I know we have you a little bit longer than uh, we normally plan, but that's totally cool with me. I um, I hope that's okay with you. But Yeah, uh, I'm you, having fun. You gave us so many awesome gems and words of wisdom today. I know that this will help everybody because every single person I've ever talked to here on the show or my clients and friends and peers have said the same thing. It's always about not feeling like they have enough time for things. So I know that they're this is going to be useful for them. So with that, let's close up here by having you share with us what you're working on right now, Julie, and how people can find you and the work that you do. Well, that's actually very easy. Everything that I do is over at imjulie.com. Uh, I currently, um, obviously, I work one-on-one -on -one with entrepreneurs. I help people find the system that works for them and not the other way around. This is what I do. And as a fun project on the side, I have the Time Hackers podcast, which is over at imjulie.com forward slash episodes. You'll find every single episode. And actually, this is a great time to be interviewed by you because one of the biggest struggles that most entrepreneurs have with their time is well, they say that they don't meet deadlines and they don't have enough time and they're procrastinating, but this is the symptom. The disease is that they don't have control over their time. And I think we all sometimes lose the control over our time. And I decided to create a campaign of gain control over your time, and I'm starting to run it tomorrow, which if this goes on Friday, it will be yesterday. Oh, this we're gonna make it go ASAP. So I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it go live today. I know it sounds weird, <laughs> but 
but I'm going to make it go live awesome. today. I am. Awesome. So, yeah, so tomorrow th on Thursday, I uh, usually the Time Hackers podcast goes live every Monday and Thursday, twice a week. Extremely short episodes, like five, seven minutes tops, because I believe in, as we said, bite-sized portions. But what I'm doing is today I'm going to review my six-step way to gain in control over your time. And next week, Monday through Saturday, every single day, I'm going to be releasing an episode, each one taking care of one step of the method. And I prepared a blueprint covering everything, which you can download for absolutely free over at imjulie.com forward slash gain control. Everything is there. Everything is ready. Just tune in and listen, and I hope that this will be helpful. Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. Thank you so much, Julie. I love how you spoil me and my community. <laughs> so we so look forward to that. So, guys, again, that's I'm Julie, as in the letter I, the letter M, julie.com forward slash gain control for this new campaign and then the forward slash episodes to get to the podcast. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. I always love chatting with you, but I'm so glad that we were able to talk about you this time <laughs> and all the awesome things you're working on. Thank you for hacking my time. I'll never forget the whole suitcase trick. I'm going to keep that forever, and I know I'll have you back on again. We'll do a bunch more stuff for the community. So, Julie, thank you again for joining the Shut Up Show today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a tons of fun. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Shut Up Show. The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Cells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. Seriously simple selling. Get instant access to download a free copy of our 18-page ebook, The Solopreneur's Guide for Shutting Up and Making Shit Happen. Simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and join other brave entrepreneurs who are shutting up and making shit happen. If you believe in The Shut Up Show and this platform has helped you shut up and make shit happen, please head on over to iTunes, search for The Shut Up Show in the podcast section, and leave us an honest star rating and review. Your feedback will help us to gauge what we're doing well and where we need to continue to improve. The ratings and reviews help us to continue to bring on amazing sponsors like Cells so that we can deliver weekly episodes to you for free. So your feedback does matter. Thank you for helping us and supporting us.